0: In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. This is the iSpy radio show. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Keeping an eye on big
1: government. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant... It's just that they know so much that isn't so. And now, here is your host, Mark Anderson. You know, as we have said so many times on iSpy Radio, the rest of the country needs to pay attention to what happens here in Oregon because they try it here before they try it in their state. The last couple of years have been shocking as the far-left Marxists that have worked their way into every aspect of American society came out from the shadows and exposed what they really want for America. America. We saw it with the COVID lockdowns and mandates, but perhaps most shocking to many has been the all-out assault on our children, which ironically was revealed as a result of the COVID lockdowns with what was happening in schools when parents could look over their child's shoulder when the schools all went to virtual classrooms. With everything being exposed lately, did you have any clue that we have so many perverted adults in our education system who eagerly want to push sex and adult issues at children? and apparently have been starving to do so, just waiting for the right moment. All it took was a resident in the White House who would give them the all-clear that anything goes, have at it. These are children. Children should be outside playing, not the playthings for adults in some twisted attempt to normalize their own ideology. And that's been a real shock to me. We knew there were some out there, we just didn't know how many and how far they'd spread. And what you're seeing now, this assault on our kids all across the country— was tested here in Oregon. Back during Kitzhaber's day, he engineered Oregon's healthcare transformation. In a nutshell, it was designed to push Oregon from a free market system into socialized medicine and do so in a way imperceptible to most, including the Republican legislators who, despite being warned, were too smart to see it, even though it said so on the very first page of the bill. At any rate, a huge change in that transformation changed the healthcare rules governing schools and children, from FERPA, Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, to HIPAA, essentially granting children, children, adult status regarding their health care. Under FERPA, parents had an absolute right to know everything done to their child. Schools couldn't give aspirin for headaches without notifying the parents. Under HIPAA, parents are blocked from knowing because the schools and socialized health care system views kids as legal adults. You can literally put your daughter on the bus in the morning and not have the right to know anything the school does from that moment until she returns. They can take her out of class, drive her to an abortion clinic, bring her back, and you'd not be told a thing about it. Your insurance might even be billed for it. But if it showed up on your bill, the insurance company wouldn't be allowed to tell you what procedure you were paying for. Think of the tension that creates in families. A child, a child, having all of the power of an adult knowing the school will take their side. And you, the parent, have no rights in this discussion. It's like the school taking your car keys, handing them to your child who doesn't know how to drive and can barely reach the pedals, and you're forced to ride on the trunk as they careen down the highway. How do you fight this nonsense? Well, to discuss just that, I'd like to welcome Suzanne Gallagher to the show. She is the Director of Parents' Rights and Education. She helped found the organization and then stepped up to become its director in 2018. Suzanne, thanks for joining us today to talk about the incredibly important topic of parents' rights.
0: Oh, thank you, Mark. It is the topic.
1: Oh, it sure is. And that's is. what we've yep. been
0: working toward <laughs> yep. for the, the last five years. It's a national crisis.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's been shocking, really, how this has all come about. But for, for people who have never heard about Parents' Rights in Education as an, or, as an organization, tell us a, a bit about your organization and what you guys do.
0: Um, well, we're committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children <clears throat> in this country. Uh, we are a tax-deductible nonprofit organization established in um, 2011, and uh, that was when we received our nonprofit status. We were established um, in, actually in 2011, but became a nonprofit in 2015. And we have inspired parents all over the nation, not necessarily by design, but because they found us on the internet. And why? Because our name is the issue. Hmm. That is the issue. It's about parents being able to direct the education of their children. And that's been established five different times by the United States Supreme Court.
2: Yes.
1: Well, um, and So what's that's cool what too we is, do, is we help
0: parents establish their their
1: rights. What's cool, too, is that you guys have—you uh, started here in Oregon, but you've spread now to other states. And, and that's, that seems unique, actually, for something here in Oregon that's actually good that then spreads to other states. But uh, last week, we had interviewed uh, two Freedom Warriors. And we always like to get a warrior's origin story, so to speak. And, and so what was it that activated you to fight for parents and kids? I mean, was there something— in particular, some event or issue that just made you say, that's it, I'm so in on this?
0: <laughs> well, I've been in on it, Mark, for over 30 years, actually. Mm. We we moved to Tigard, Oregon um, about 42 years ago. And uh, so we have three children. They were in school at the time. And that was when the AIDS curriculum was introduced. That, mm. Remember that? The I AIDS yeah. crisis, everybody's all worried. Now, when you look back at that, it, it, it's, there's, there's kind of a parallel between that and um, sexuality education and you know the, the LGBTQ push for transgender rights, et cetera, in schools today. but also the COVID crisis, there's a relationship between AIDS and COVID, and what, what both of those um, issues prompted in the public school system. Um, not only in Oregon, but nationally, was this push to introduce curriculums into the public school system. They used it as an opportunity. Right. So at that time, when my kids were in grade school and middle school, um, I got some people together uh, to you know, to fight the um, promotion of uh, teaching kids sexuality beginning in kindergarten. In Oregon schools, but their their excuse for doing that was so that they wouldn't get AIDS. Now, can you imagine a kindergartner thinking about getting AIDS? Yeah,
1: I, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, do you do you mm-hmm. think most parents don't want to have this this kind of fight? And, and in other words, uh, they just want their kids to have a good education. They don't want all this ideology pushed at their kids, much the same way as we just want government to do the things it's supposed to do, and not launch off into some scheme of bureaucrat with higher ambitions and a pot full of taxpayer dollars dreams up. <laughs>
0: yeah I love that. I love that because that's exactly right, and you know they that's what they expect what we're talking about here is the role of government
2: right right.
0: What is the role of a government school? Well, a government school is not a religious school it's a government school, so they shouldn't be pushing any particular religion, and they shouldn't be pushing ideologies either, exactly. and they shouldn't be counseling our students, and they shouldn't be providing medical uh, treatments, et cetera. They call them treatments, I don't, but, but they shouldn't be encouraging them to access uh, medical treatments without their parents' knowledge or consent.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, you're talking about the role of a school.
1: Yep. All right, so coming up, uh, we're going to survey the battlefield in the fight to save kids. What are kids and parents up against? That next was Suzanne Gallagher, the Director of Parents' Rights in Education. And welcome back. This is the iSpy Radio Show. We're talking today about parents' rights. We're doing that with Suzanne Gallagher. She is the Director of Parents' Rights in Education. Their website is parentsrightsined.org. And we'll link that up on iSpyRadio.com as well. So uh we'll talk more about the story of how we got here in the next segment but in this one let's give people an overview of the battles uh, the battles that parents and kids are facing. So wh- what's happening? Who who are the combatants on the other side facing off against parents and kids?
0: Uh I would say the the major combatants are um the teachers unions. This is political by the way. Absolutely. Parents don't want to think that, but they're they're quickly learning that it is political. And I remind them that these are government schools, so they, it is a bureaucracy. And uh, state legislatures and the federal government have placed um, requirements and restrictions on our local school districts so that, that parents and citizens have lost local control. And that is, that's it in a nutshell um We wonder, like who do we talk to you know who who as a parent, who do I go to how, how can I, How can I defend my my rights? I mean, you're talking to my child behind my back. Well, isn't there a law against that? I mean, yeah. how can you be doing that,
1: that That's exactly what I was that's going to ask is, is as a public school, a government school, aren't they prevented from talking politics and political ideology?
0: They sure should. In fact, in fact last night, um, I applied for an open seat in our local, at our local school district, Tigard-Tualatin School District, because one of the um, directors had to step down. He had moved out of the state. He hasn't been even living in the state of Oregon wow. for the last 15 months. Wow. Okay, so he knew all this time he was going to be leaving the state to work um, in Colorado. So um, I went to, to testify and, um, you know, th- this subject of what is the role of a school and how can you be doing that? I mean, that did come up and they, you know, basically I said, you know, I'd like to see diversity, equality and inclusiveness on this board uh, because they are using the board in a political manner for an agenda mm-hmm. instead of representing the parents. And they asked, who, who ultimately, who, is, who are we serving? That's what the board asked. Now, I have a feeling that their answer to that is they're serving the students. No, excuse me. No, you are not serving the students. They don't pay taxes and they don't vote. That's right. I do. And I have contributed over almost $200,000, my husband and I, in property taxes over the last 42 years, I'm, I'm sure more than that, to the school system where I live. And yet, I don't have a seat at the table. Mm. when it comes to decision-making. They're not listening to us. No. And so I beseech them, you know, to to pay attention. Um, two years ago, a group of parents submitted a proposal to remove students whose parents are Christian, conservative, to remove their children from the school district. There was a move within the community to do that. And I said, this division and bias has to stop. Why? Are, why? Why would they do that? The people, uh, employees, students, families are leaving the public schools and the state of Oregon. They are not accepted. They are not uh, uh, celebrated. And they are not treated equally. So all of this talk on on the other side about, um, oh, you know, inclusion is is only inclusion for some.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the animal farm Mm -hmm. where all all animals are equal but some are more equal than others and and that's really what it gets down to is right? that they have an ideology that they mm-hmm. want to push i mean f- heaven forbid you actually push uh, christianity that you even talk about the you know the bible or some of the biblical stories even if you do it as a matter of history people would be flipping out um it, you kind of well, raise true. an interesting point there is that you as a taxpayer you as a parent that lives in that district you're the ones that are paying the bills for these schools It'd be Mm -hmm. so different if uh, you had the option not to do that, because we know that in the free market system, if you had the option not to pay something, that's your biggest leverage, you know, if you have, if you decide not to buy something. And unfortunately, we just don't have that. Uh, There is, of course, an effort to make that possible here in Oregon with uh, real school, uh, real school Uh choice. Uh, And so maybe we come back around to that. But um, as far as the main enemies Mm -hmm. on this battlefield are concerned, um, it seems to be the teachers, you know, the individual teachers at the local level, principals or administrators at the schools, the school boards, and then state and federal agencies above them. Are the agencies the main problems or is it somewhere else down that line?
0: Well, it, it's kind of a, it's layered, <laughs> you know, it starts at the school board. So when when we're when we're sitting down five years ago when I took this role, I thought, OK, so, you know, uh, uh, what what's our leverage? Where can we go? You know, how do we direct parents um, in, in the um, most effective strategy? Right, That's what we want to do. Not tell them go talk to, talk to the school board and you know grandstand at the school board meeting when every single person on that board is against them. so So that strategy then that has to be taken is to change the people you're talking to. Hmm. And that's where why it comes back to a political challenge. Because, because our school boards have been taken over by those who who do not want real inclusion. They don't want a balanced board. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a nonpartisan, um, by the way, uh, position. But yet the Democrat Party does um, give money to candidates who are running for the school board.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you would have to assume that, the, that those individuals lean Democrat, at least lean Democrat and um so you know w- when you have that situation then you don't have anyone to talk to and then you, then it then then what do we do well then we we have to um go to our legislature too because they are passing laws that are putting restrictions on um how we can impact policy within the school system and 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 our legislators in most cases around the country have passed laws that undermine parental rights. So school districts are talking to our children behind our backs. We don't know that they're in a counseling session. We don't know that they're be that they're being encouraged to change their sex, for example. Right. We're not allowed to know. That is not right. Yeah. So we we are have to fight this at all levels, Mark. Yes, you know, school choice. Yeah, I mean, but but how are we going to get from A to Z? To, to back to where it should be, where the parents do determine their child's education
2: right right that's that, it, yep. you know
0: that's the question yep and and it and it we have to do it at all levels okay so and and how do we but how do we do that? well we have to um expose what's going on what you're doing is so important, and uh, more and more people are are beginning to get it they're beginning to see that even if they don't have children in school yeah,
1: it's, that it's, this
0: is a huge problem yeah,
1: it's still just shocking to graduating. see yep, it's, it's shocking to hear other parents talk about this uh like you say even if you don't have kids yourself it's just shocking to see how we've come here okay let's go ahead and take a break uh, coming up mm-hmm. we're going to be dissecting how did we get here we'll do that with suzanne gallagher she's the director of parents rights and education welcome back it's all about parents rights today and defending your kids from the political ideology of the left we're talking with Suzanne Gallagher she's the director of parents rights and education you can find them uh, at their website it's parents rights in ed.org parents rights in and we'll link that up on ispyradio.com to make that convenient for you uh, so now that we have an idea of the battlefield and what parents are facing and what our kids are facing I, I think it'd be useful to back up a bit and look at how we got here because that again might help us fight the fight a little bit better. And I think the other thing that people need to remind themselves, it's not just sex ed that you're fighting, uh, even though that tends to get the headline, the transgender and all the rest, uh, the, the the bathrooms for either boys or girls and all the rest. But it's all it's the entire spectrum of the leftist ideology. You're getting global warming pushed to kids. You're getting abortion pushed to kids. You're getting all of these uh, things that the, the that the left want to indoctrinate kids with, it's now part of the education system as well. But so, why is this happening? Just sort of all of a sudden? I mean, why is it suddenly permissible to force sexuality at kids as young as kindergarten? W- w- where did this come from?
0: Well, of course that that's the push by by the um, LGBTQ you know alphabet soup, mm. um, what I call the lobby mark. they 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 are involved. Um not not any longer is it about um uh oh you know tolerance and respect it's about acceptance and celebration they They have um, stepped into um, state legislatures and uh, legislatures mm-hmm. the legislature at the federal level as well, and they're passing laws that um, are now infringing upon every other protected minority class right on the list so they wanted to be on that list but now they're overtaking it that that's kind of my observation it's like where does religious liberty come in now it it's not even looked at mm-hmm. that's what i was telling the board last night you know we you know we have values too um, but they don't see it that way. So they're they're they have an agenda, and they've been given um,
1: well, uh, the well, goal. It, it, it's a step a beyond green light. It, to, yeah, it, it, it's a step beyond that too, because it's not just this notion of of their own agenda, but now they are pushing their rights and their ideology at the exclusion of all others. And we saw that recently here with the Philly Flyer, who he's he's a devout uh, Eastern Orthodox Christian refused to wear the uh-huh. the uh the the gay pride uniform that that they were supposed to wear and he says that goes against my religious rights and and yet right. the left just went yes. apoplectic that oh my gosh how dare he exercise his rights of free speech and freedom of religion versus uh, because it's uh, uh, goes against us and and so that's well, wh- and that's where to I him think we're headed yeah absolutely yes and
0: it seems so straightforward and common sense to you and I um but but the- the thing with children, these are minors. Yes. That's what I keep reminding yes. people. These are minors. Yep. They are not, they do not belong to the state. And parents are trying to raise their children. And, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of parents will say, oh, I don't think I want to have kids. It's so hard to raise them, you know, and then boom, you know, they have a child. Suddenly, you know, it's opened up a whole different, you know, attitude. And that attitude then becomes, I don't care if they're liberal or in between or whatever. We, we help all parents. We defend the rights of all parents, even gay couples who have children. Of course we do. Why? Because they have taken on a responsibility. This isn't a dog or a pet. It's a human being that, that is going to, to develop, uh, into an adult and, and then, um, be prepared to take on responsibility for him or herself. So, so it's a big job, and parents have a hard enough time doing that um, without the school stepping in and literally um, soliciting and recruiting these kids into um, what what is now being called a cult. I, I I used to allude to that at times, but now I'm hearing it. Uh From many other um journalists uh, authors, et cetera, they do consider it a cult, and what is cult like about it? because they're doing it in secrecy and then and encouraging students not don't tell your mom and dad, yeah, we'll keep your secret safe with us
2: yeah yeah
0: that I think is what has finally um caught parents' attention how dare they yep how dare they and and they're using dis- anti-discrimination law to um you know to they're they're using that as an argument and as a cover for for all of this activity well anti-discrimination has nothing to do with talking to my child behind my back that's a whole separate issue
2: yep yeah.
0: Um, parents are not discriminating against you know against uh, these individuals at all. They're yeah. just protecting their own child. Well,
1: well, you can you can so, definitely tell that it's a cult mm-hmm. because it's you must believe our way and no other way is legitimate, uh, and that's really the message that the left that's is really right. pushing right now. So, so sometimes um, uh, some schools or they used to uh, offer parents and kids the ability to opt out of things like sex ed or other school lessons mm-hmm. that they, that might conflict with the family's belief systems. But there's kind sure. of an inherent peer pressure there. You know, kids don't want to feel that they're in the spotlight, the only yep. kid who didn't take the class, uh, and parents also uh, don't want to feel like they're the only family not attending something or put their kids in that situation too. Uh, and mm-hmm. So, th- is that part of why we're here? The old peer pressure of not being different and wanting to fit in, and those who are pushing this are capitalizing on that.
0: Well, absolutely. But but now, Mark, be- because of the way that all of these things are being presented in the schools and they have celebration days and months and weeks and and outside activities and uh reading books to children you know that that are um perhaps off topic um for a normal classroom um because they're doing it throughout the school day and literally in in Oregon for sure it has been legislated you know like for example September's you know um or is it October? I think October is, is um, LGBTQ History Month. So that means the entire month of October is devoted to that. And then they have all these individual days, like coming out day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, most, most people who don't have children in school don't understand what's really going on. No. But there's another aspect to that that has occurred to me in our discussion that most people don't really get. <laughs> and that is, why are they doing it? They want to change the
2: culture. Yep, yep, yep. It's, and they it's, want
0: to remove all stigma. They use the term stigma for any behavior. So, for example, in with uh, comprehensive sexuality education, they teach that sex is for pleasure. It's not for procreation. So, sex is for pleasure, and that minors have a right to safe sexual pleasure. That that that's a right, you know. And when kids hear that, they go like, "Great." And then they also teach that only the student decides when they are ready. In other words, nobody else can tell you; only you can decide this. So when they say that to um, to an impressionable, um, you know, eleven, twelve year old kid, they're thinking, "Finally, I've been emancipated." Hmm. Okay, uh, this is the, coming from from the teachers and. And the last, but but not least, is as long as it's consensual, all sexual activity is good, all of it, yep. any of it.
1: Yep, and, so and it's the slippery in, slope that we talked about years ago when yep. they were pushing. Uh, gay marriage and and all the rest. We knew it wasn't going to end there, and and it certainly has not. It's all about normalization and indoctrination as part of education. Okay, uh, let's go take a break there. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about what rights parents do do in fact have. Stay with us more with Suzanne Gallagher of Parents' Rights in Education. about parental rights today here on the iSpy Radio Show. It's been a very full show already. So a reminder that if you miss something or you just want to listen again, it's easy. Just head to iSpyRadio.com and look for this week's show, which is 1303. Uh, We load a podcast version on Mondays, or you can uh, go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, etc., etc., and look for the iSpy Radio Show. If you do that, please hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost anything. It just means that you're getting easier access to it in your playlist. And doing so helps us climb the ladder to get noticed by other people as well. So uh, we are joined today by Suzanne Gallagher. She's the Director of Parents' Rights in Education. And Suzanne, let's talk about what some of the rights parents do have in this fight. And, you know, some years ago, we had talked with an attorney regarding parental rights. Mm -hmm. And it's my understanding from that conversation that the Supreme Court has repeatedly reaffirmed that parents are the highest authority and ultimate arbiter when it comes to raising their kids is that still true
0: by by uh constitution by the constitution yes that's true and be, that's why the supreme court has ruled that way but what has taken place is uh legislators have have passed laws that are unconstitutional hmm. so how do we change that? And, I mean, that's the way it is in Oregon. We're, we're one of the leaders in in, yes. in this particular realm uh, regarding education. Um, how do we do it? Well, we have to catch them doing something that's unconstitutional and, and file lawsuits. Hmm. Right now, that is, that is in most states, that is the only way to change this. Uh, if you were to take take something to court and and it it's going to take some time, and this is where you know it's difficult for parents to have the patience and I get it big time their kids are in school a very short for a very short time. you know if your child's ten in, that's more than you know halfway through the educational system, so they only have a few years left, and then they're going to be graduating. So this is where choice does come in, you know, in most states. I mean, you, you can take your child out of school, uh, but beware in Oregon, because if if your child has even hinted that they're considering uh, a different identity than, than their um, biological sex, the school system will report you to CSE mm. if you decide to pull them out of school.
1: Mm. So what does that, it, what, for is that, that reason? what does that mean if you get reported? I mean, what well, are the they, ramifications well, of they'll that? They'll
0: come and take your child away, put him in a glitter family or something, some a, a foster care situation. Wow. So and at age fifteen, our children in the state of Oregon can um, elect. I just did a full. Um, I, I do podcasts as well. Uh, podcast on on Dornbecker, and Epic Times is is. Researching it, and so they contacted us about Dornbecker in particular. Dornbecker Children's Hospital yep. has expanded their gender clinic. Yep. And I encourage our listeners to go go to that site and check it out. It it it's wild. The information there is is written very obviously written to um, young people as young as ten, eleven. Uh, they talk about binders, how to put them on, how to wash them. You know how to you know how to, how to measure yourself for a binder, all of these things, and Planned Parenthood will um, provide binders um, in many cases, uh, free to kids who who want to flatten their chests and you know girls looking more like boys, et cetera. So and they're te- and they also on their website they talk about um, the hospital now the, the how can they be doing that though i mean how without my knowledge i mean how could they do that well they sign a paper um saying that they they want um surgeries or hormones treat quote, so-called treatments and um because the state legislature has voted this way so we have to challenge the law that's the bottom line
1: well it's challenge insane the law to on think a constitutional that level it it's insane to think that 15-year-olds can essentially emancipate themselves um, just because they mm-hmm. suddenly think they wake up one day and think that they're a girl rather than a boy or mm-hmm. vice versa. So if if parents are under the threat of losing their kids, what do they do? Mm-hmm. How do they fight that? I mean, um, th- that seems insane that the state could just come well, in, swoop in, and take your kids over something okay. like that.
0: Okay, I love that. I love that question because there is a, a fairly new organization that. We we um, have have known about since their day of inception and met with um, two attorneys who started this. It's called Child and Parental Rights Campaign, CPR, Child and Parental Rights Campaign, um, and we are in conversation with them frequently because their their uh, main um, approach to the law is from a parental rights perspective um it's a pro bono firm and um, i just introduced them to a a potential case in oregon um a, a case um pertaining to a 5 year old kindergarten uh, psych, psychologist at the school called dad and said hey um you know your son is presenting uh, as a girl and we th- we'd like to you know uh change her change his pronouns to female pronouns now If dad signs a paper that says, yes, you know, that's okay, then you're done. I'm talking about the parent. They have signed over their rights. Mm. Don't do it. So um, we are in the process of creating um, uh, better platforms, new websites. We're going to have a website for every state in this country. (laughs) Mm. And our national site as well. We'll have a tip line. And... um, we're we're serious about this.
1: Yeah. Well, let's go we're ahead and take not
0: just a plan at it. We're serious about it, let's and we ahead. want we want to hear these stories. Yeah, and
1: we mm-hmm. definitely want to hear more about those. So let's go ahead and take a break here and come back. We're going to talk about some of those tools that you guys have available. Everyone, stay with us. We are talking about parental rights. We're doing that with Suzanne Gallagher, the director of pa- Parents Rights in Education. Their website is parentsrightsined.org dot org. Stay with us. We're talking with Suzanne Gallagher. She's the director of Parents' Rights in Education. You can find them at their website, parentsrightsined.org. And uh, going out of that last break, you were talking about some tools and and whatnot that you guys uh, are trying to make available for people. And and, in in the context of which, um, you were talking about the story of this five-year-old wakes up one day and wants to change their gender. This is insane that we are letting kids make these kinds of life-altering changes. Uh, I don't understand why... It's it's not hands off until they're eighteen. After they're eighteen, they're adults and they can go do what you go do what they want. But kids, for God's mm-hmm. sakes, keep your hands off of them. And I don't understand how mm-hmm. we've gotten to this point.
0: Well, well, Mark, it's the transgender issue that has suddenly um, ushered in uh, access to minor children by psychologists. And counselors and and teachers. That actually, the National Education Association is promoting that teachers wear a badge, you know, saying I'm a safe person. You can talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so um, they they are uh, promoting. I call that recruitment.
2: Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: They're they're, they're promoting this by teachers, and and they're defending themselves, saying, well, we just, you know, they may not be able to talk to anybody about it. Well, most of these um, students never even thought about these things. And uh, gosh, I've gotten all kinds of calls from parents, and one in particular was very interesting, because she was saying, my my son, I picked him up, this is a woman in Southern Oregon, My when I picked him up at at school, you know, they stand there, waiting, wait, wait in front of the school. You pull up, and mm-hmm. he got in the car and was shaking. Now, this kid was about 10, 8, eight to 10. He was shaking, and his mom said, what is wrong? I'm, he said, well, I had to fill out a form today. It was a survey, and I'm afraid I checked the wrong box. And of oh, course, Lord. then he went on to explain that, that that he had been asked what his sexual orientation is. Was he this? Was he that? I mean, he doesn't know any of these things. He's a boy, but the schools are are um, compelling yes. students to to um, declare who they are, and they're saying, "Well, if we don't catch these kids now, um, oftentimes." We wonder, well, why would a teacher do that? I mean, why would they even be you know motivated to to start talking to an eight year old about their sexual orientation or do they want to change their sex or any any of that? Why? Because they have been um, indoctrinated into thinking that if they don't that that child will commit suicide because they'll just be so but i'll tell you what that's not true. <laughs> When they when they uh, decide maybe they want to kill themselves is after they've had their body parts removed.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then and, and they're then on cross-sex
0: yeah. hormones and it doesn't change a thing.
1: Nope, nope. Every cell in your body knows what sex you are, and exactly. th- this fact that we have gotten away from basic biology in an educational exactly. environment is pretty astounding. So. Um, let's so, talk about some of the tools. We and, call it and, child abuse. No, oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> child abuse. It is absolutely child yeah. abuse. And it's shocking that it's happening in, uh, by trusted, uh, well, people who should be, uh, trusted members of society teachers to, to look over, to look after the best interests of the kids. And of course, that's part of the problem is that they do see this as, as the best interest of the kids is to change their gender and everything else. But again, exactly. save that for when they're adults. If you want to do that kind of stuff and you yes. want to convince adults of that, that's fine. Nobody can stop yes. you. These are kids. Leave them alone. Um, so um, exactly. let's talk about some of the, the tools and weapons that parents have. Uh, you know, a parent okay. is feeling something is wrong in their school. Their kids are being told ideology or other beliefs that are contrary to the family's uh, rules or beliefs. Walk us through what are some of the first steps to do. I, I assume it's to talk to the teacher and or the school's principal.
0: Right. And I would encourage them to not just talk, but have a conversation via email uh so that you get um so that you can document
2: yep exactly
0: uh because schools tend to not keep any records they don't they don't document things they don't want they don't want to go on record
2: or they don't people want pushing this will you... lie
0: exactly so so you want to you want to ask, ask specific questions and, and get their answers. Um, not, not just hearsay, but, um, well, sometimes, sometimes people turn on their phones and they record conversations. Right. So you want to make sure that you have the facts about what they're doing. Uh, they now in, as in, is the case in Oregon, they have, they have been. The government and the school systems have been so forthcoming, the Department of Education, uh, in particular, about their policies that there is no question what mm-hmm. what their uh, agenda is and what their policies are. So they're stating, they're literally stating in black and white for all to see that they will use pronouns, for example, in this case, yeah. in school and but if the child does not want their parent to know they will keep it secret right.
1: so what what so tools do the actually parents have come this, out, what tools do parents have if any to, to stop that
0: well we we what they what they have is they can they can go to the school and say you know um, say don't do that with my child but i would say their their best uh, approach would be to impress upon their own children that this is not, you know, this is not right. It's bio- biologically wrong. Um, you know, you have to counter, It's you have to counter what the the teachers and the counselors are doing and saying, um, we do have, um, multiple, um, Oh, opt out forms hmm. that they can access right on our homepage of our website. Okay. There, there, there's a big check mark and they can do that. um, but contact us and let us know what's going on in your schools. There's a wonderful organization also, in addition. It's called America First Legal. Find out what your child is being taught. Um, legally, they have to give you all the information, including the, um, you know, the um, teacher's guide, because the teacher's guide will tell you what the outcome is they, they're going for, when it comes to curriculum, okay. so it'll say um, it'll tell you exactly what they expect the child to think and do as a result of the te- the um, curriculum and the okay. teaching that they're
2: doing
1: okay, so the steps so, are um, mm-hmm. find out uh, what's going on, raise an objection w- with the teacher, uh, but then at the, at document things, and then at the same time contact you guys or some of your other organizations that, that you're affiliated That's- with so. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. Coming up, we're going to be talking about where things are headed. Stay with us.
2: It's more than a show.
0: It's self-defense. The iSpy Radio Show.
1: And welcome back. We're on our final segment now with Suzanne Gallagher. She is the uh, Director of Parents, Rights, and Education. You can find out more about them by heading to parentsrightsined.org. Parentsrightsined.org, all one word. And we'll link that up on ispyradio.com as well. They've got some tools and other organizations that uh, you can use as a parent if you're feeling uh, like things are going um, sideways there in your school. Um, so, um, Suzanne, in, in the time that we have left, I, I kind of get the mm-hmm. sense that we're at a crossroads right now, and there's this big giant warning sign. If you thought the previous few years were bad, just wait to see what's coming. Uh, is is that where we're at, or are we more at a high water mark and the waters are starting to recede?
0: Well, I I would say that where it's taken hold, it's just going to continue. Hmm. There is no stopping these people hmm. unless we unless we um, get together. That means don't keep it a secret. Don't hide behind a bush. Uh, it's time for all of us to step up and stand up. And what does that mean, stand up? That means um, talking to your friends and neighbors, talking to the other parents of, that are in the classroom with your, you know, with your child. Um, reach out to other people. We have got to um, become knowledgeable. Knowledge is power. Yep. We need to use that knowledge of what is going on, what it really looks like. So that means listening to my podcast, uh, reading our news alerts that come out at least once a week, if not more often, watching what else is going on in other parts of the country. Um, we, we are setting up a new website, and we, will, we already have 12 online, on-demand trainings on how to testify How to Run for School Board, Um, and we're going to be adding more of those trainings um, in the coming months. We are setting up separate um, uh, opportunities in every state with a website just for their state. So we're looking for leaders. Literally, what's happening on our side, I think, is going to stun uh, those who seem to be um, uh, engineering all of this. Mm Uh, because we are raising leaders, mark, many of the leaders that we have that we've uh trained and and brought up in other states they 've run for school board, so now we don 't have them as leaders, but they're they 're on the school board that 's a good sign yes absolutely so absolutely. so people are stepping up, and this is very, very encouraging. um We can do this, remember that the um our country was founded. By a revolution.
1: Yep, by people getting no, involved. Not saying that's we're right. take up arms, yeah.
0: but, but it, it was less than 30% of the population who did it.
1: That's right, that's right. A lot of change is going to happen with uh, just a few people. Uh, as we see on the left, uh, they have made these tremendous strides uh, by just a few, a small portion of the country uh, pushing this, and, and look at where, where they're at. So uh, my producer had a, exactly. a, a good question here. Does the LGBT mm-hmm. community have uh, funding sources, and, and are they looking at doing this where they can sue uh, parents uh that are opposed to their agenda where they um where these organizations could sue parents the, the same way that the bakers were sued who uh wouldn 't make a cake I mean is that where we're headed
0: oh I, I there's no doubt that they are that they are wanting to do that in fact, our organization um has hit a new um uh turning point where we are now on the Southern Poverty Law Center's list of hate groups. <laughs> so, yes, and we are, is, you know, it, we're that in is there. That is a
1: great sign of knowing that you're doing the right thing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, they're going to try, um, but but we cannot let that deter us. We have to stay focused on, we do, the, parents' rights are natural rights. They cannot come between a parent and child. Yeah. If they win, we, we, it, we will have a Marxist state. This is all about taking over control of people. And when you can control children, you yeah. own you own the nation. Yep. Yep. So, you know, th- that's yep. why, that's why we say this is a national crisis because if they win this fight, we're done.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's we, the thing. We cannot
0: allow this to happen.
1: No, absolutely not. And, and, As we said earlier, the Supreme Court has ruled repeatedly that parents do have the ultimate right, but that doesn't mean that the left isn't going to keep trying and they're going to keep suing and they're going to come after uh, teachers and organizations and everything else because even though they they realize this is going to get overturned at the Supreme Court, look at all the damage they can do along the way to society and Mm -hmm. push their agenda that much further down the road. So. Unfortunately, Suzanne, we're up against the clock. We're definitely going to have to have you back on because we know this issue is not going away. We know this is a hugely important issue because the fight really starts with the minds of our kids. And I want to thank you again so much for being here.
0: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate what you do.
1: Well, thank you. You know, maybe real school choice is where both sides can agree. Normal people can take their kids out of schools and put them in sane schools where teachers actually focus on education. And the far left can go off and start their own school where parents who want to have teachers push sex and transgender and leftist indoctrination all day long can put their kids. But you never hear about the left starting such schools, do you? Because they know the vast majority of parents, right or left, don't want that and wouldn't pay to send their kids there. The vast majority just want a good education. Schools should not be an abuse factory to traumatize kids where they then have to wrestle with the abuse for the rest of their lives. Be sure to check out iSpyRadio.com for today's show, 13-03. Lots of resources there for parents to stand up and fight back. Bookmark that, share it, and use it, because as we say every week, the best information is you no good if you don't use it. Reagan, what do you think? I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing.
0: It's more than a show. It's self-defense. The
2: iSpy Radio Show.